Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast. If you're already doing so, thank you and tell your friends to do so as well. Besides nhte.net, you can also find the show on iTunes, which is Apple Podcasts, as well as on Spotify and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. The show is on a whole bunch more, though, so don't despair if you don't see your favorite on there. Look for this show almost anywhere you get podcasts. Joining me today on location in St. Petersburg, Florida, my guests are a blues pop duo based in Nashville who released an EP earlier this year, three singles since then, and have more new music coming out. They both write, sing, and play guitar, and they had nine songs on the TV show Nashville. The last two weeks of October, they performed 10 shows in Europe, one month after having done 10 shows in the UK, where they had also done three shows in June and July. They have been all over the U.S. this year as well, and have more live dates coming up in early December. They have over 125,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. You've been hearing one of their songs, entitled Burning Down. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Sarah Zimmerman and Justin Davis. They are striking matches. Hi. Hey, man. <laughs> Good to see you. Likewise. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for making time to do this tonight. Yeah, Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having yeah, us. Thank you, man. Wow. There's a, there's a lot I want to talk about with the two of you, but mm-hmm. let's start off by having you talk about the song of yours that we were just playing called Burning Down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Burning Down is a song off of uh, one of our new EPs, which is called Morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrote it with our friend Ben Simonetti, who also produced it. Yeah. Um, we kind of produced it together, yeah. but he was... Um, we had a lot of fun with that track. We mm-hmm. started with... Um, there's a pretty prominent guitar riff kind of from the off where it's just... It was really we wanted a song like that because we um, we had so many moments live where it was just like it would just be so fun to have um, a song this kind of based around this riff you know very much kind of a blues riff mm-hmm. and and then write something that's like a melodic chorus to it so you you have something that sounds kind of tough and kind of stomping and then you've got this melodic chorus that it breaks into mm-hmm. and we've we've structured our songs that way before but. That was definitely what we were after with that. Mm-hmm. And it was our very first song that we had written and had done with uh, Ben, um, Ben Simonetti. And um, though we knew, like, we had a, a ton of uh, mutual friends with mm-hmm. him because he's he's kind of connected. He's in the Zach Brown mm-hmm. camp. And so that whole kind of community is just kind of interwoven through yeah. Nashville. And um, But at and, the same time, yeah. and I do want to come back and have yeah. you talk about what the song is about mm-hmm. since I was busy talking oh, yeah. over it <laughs> yeah. while it was playing. Mm-hmm. But when you are working with someone for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you've made a decision that it's someone that you're comfortable with mm-hmm. because you've bought in and said, sure, we'll write. We're even going to let him produce as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, how would you advise the listeners who are performers themselves, who are recording artists themselves, what can you do to make it a faster adaptation to this person that you're all of a sudden working with for the new time, the first time, and trusting with these songs that are yours? 
I think some of it you just have to go in with the end goal in mind and just know I'm going to walk in here today. I'm going to get a song I love. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm just going to, you know, because mm-hmm. when you're with a new person, it can be very easy to just sort of like get into your shell and be a little bit, you know, uh, reserved. But I think if you just walk into the room and you're kind of just like, this is what we're going to do today. We're all here to work. We all know that we're all good at what we do. And, you know, you can kind of just... Hopefully yeah. get something good out but of it. Maybe I'm not understanding the timeline. So had you written with him and then sometime later decided, you know what? It was good writing with him. Let's mm-hmm. have him co-produce or was it kind of sort all of. at the same time? No, no, no. It, this was actually um, the very first time hanging out with him. Yeah. We, so we wrote the song um, that day. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had kind of had by his re- reputation and, and also we had friends. We were like, He'll, he's cool. So let, let's get together and write. And so we, we wrote the song, um, kind of as we were tracking it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, we were writing it kind of with acoustics and stuff and then just kind of started laying down the riff and started building out the track and then had, had put down vocals and guitar and, and then I kind of put on bass and then we kind of built the track out, Mm -hmm. um, from there. Um, so it, it really was easier than, than just diving in and, and having a guy, produce it because that can be a pretty big step yeah it was it was like we were but he co-produced the whole ep not just just the song. one just song, song. Oh, yep. oh we actually okay. used a different okay. person for every song wow, on EP. wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so it was really just i think we walked in knowing we're gonna get a great song today i don't yeah. know that we walked in knowing he was gonna produce the song yeah. but as we're going and he's he's you know building the track and we're putting everything down it's like wow he's this is actually really working and this yeah. is really great walked away with a great demo and it was just kind of like well that all uh you know yeah. let's let's finish it up and wrap it up with a nice little bow at the end and then you know it became it became the song that went on the ep yeah it was it was structured differently than i think a lot of people do where you write the songs first and then you select a producer to produce them yeah this one we we structured to where it was almost like we we were constructing them and because we loved it Mm -hmm. it, he became the kind of the de facto producer Mm -hmm. of it because we we built the track together Mm so um you know well, this whole idea of having five different producers mm-hmm. is really neat because mm-hmm. it's almost like you go into it as we're just doing five singles mm-hmm. and we're going to package them all together mm-hmm. on an EP. So I kind of yeah. like that. It's different because it does, like you're saying, it just brings a whole different dynamic to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it probably, I think, is better suited to something that is like an EP where it's, you know, it's not necessarily a full project worth mm-hmm. because it's just there are fewer songs there are fewer ways that i think things can just be kind of wildly different but we even kind of enjoyed the idea of from first track to last track mm-hmm. it can be different yeah. <laughs> and that's almost the point of this ep yeah definitely and i think you know we are very hands-on in the production too yeah. we play most of the instruments on the recordings and so it always has you know our touch production wise mm-hmm. to it as well okay so let's let's clarify here because <laughs> justin you said that you put some bass down so mm-hmm. i know that you play guitar and yeah. sarah that you play guitar and mm-hmm. mandolin mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. are there other instruments that i'm not naming yeah mm-hmm. uh, i mean i I just I think there's such a um, uh, just a, a stature that people achieve in Nashville that I people get bashful I think where um, between all of, we we play all the instruments so I, I play drums and, wow. and bass and, wow. and, and keys, keys and, and wow. it's just in Nashville I feel like people get so good that you know I, I'm comfortable calling myself a guitar player but I'm not going to sit and be like, yeah, I play keys or whatever, because I just know how good some of the people yeah. really are. But at the same time, I mean, let's be honest, you know, everybody does have to do things economically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so 
you can hire session players yeah. or mm-hmm. you can say, right. look, you know, I may not be the best drummer in Nashville, yeah. right. but I can do good enough yes. that exactly. instead right. of paying yeah. a session drummer, like, yeah. let's just have me do it. Exactly. Yeah, it saves time and obviously money. And there's also something really cool to be able to say, we played all the instruments on yeah. it, you know? And to That's play them neat. yourselves instead yeah. of using program drums. Exactly, right. yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, yeah, it's a huge difference. Let's make sure we don't forget about <laughs> right. the message of burning down. Yeah. Yeah. Tell the listeners Absolutely. what the song is actually about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was it was really meant to convey just this sort of steamy uh, I mean, it's a it's kind of a steamy bluesy love song, yeah. really. And that was that was kind of um meant to bottle up tension um mm-hmm. because that that was really kind of what it felt like writing it where we were doing this kind of I don't know, sweaty club kind of feel with the riff mm-hmm. and that was kind of what we built the song kind of from there outward with and just almost what it feels like when you've got some sort of you and another person and you're not entirely sure what's happening yeah, but what's it, you know happen. but it's almost like a, a you know kind of like I man I almost said like matches and gasoline because I just like that just like think of another analogy <laughs> um, yeah exactly but it's almost like that you know when yeah. it when something catches like that mm-hmm. then it's just it, it's uh, you can't control it anymore yeah. and that was sort of what the the song and the message of the song was meant to kind of convey yeah good deal good deal well now we'll start yeah. <laughs> <laughs> after all that about burning down <laughs> let's start with this weekend striking matches was a part of the first ever downtown st petersburg songwriters festival just talk about that experience yeah i mean the uh the first night uh that we were involved so i think it started friday mm-hmm. uh we opened up on saturday night for modest yahoo at janice live which was really really cool mm-hmm. um so we got to do that and then we played a set uh today on sunday at the hollander and it was all really cool you know we've, we've gotten to do a few songwriter festivals like this this is the first one that we've done that this was the first year uh and they just did a really really great job of having a great bill and you know just it's it's really cool to see these kinds of things build and and how fans do come out and people come out to see these shows and get involved in you know they really want to see sort of where a lot of the songs that they know started or a lot of up-and-coming acts they want to catch them kind of at the beginning of things and so it's really a cool thing to be a part of for sure Mm -hmm. Good deal. Good deal. Well, help me out here. What's the connection that Striking Matches seems to have to this area? Because you had played in Tampa in September and July. (laughs) Plus, I'm going back a few years to how when Striking Matches first ever even came onto my radar, which was a big event that Instruments of Change was putting on at Mm -hmm. the Straz, which is in Tampa. So do you have some tie to Tampa St. Pete that this could almost be considered a regular stop for striking matches? Yeah, we just really like it. Yeah. I, I, I think um, I used to come down here as a kid so I mean I, I had a kind of a deeper association with the area and just kind of an affinity for it both St. Pete and Tampa mm-hmm. but um, I think we just really enjoyed it and really we made some, some fans from our first time down here mm-hmm. and wanted to keep coming down and it seems like um, just the more gigs we do where we, we have kind of opportunities either going through, we, we came through with, um, Johnny swim and mm-hmm. I think Philip Phillips as well, yeah. at least close. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we've done, uh, cruises like the yeah. train cruise. And then there was like a Southern rock cruise mm-hmm. that they all tend to go out of from Tampa mm-hmm. ports. And, okay. um, so I just, we find ourselves down here quite yeah, a, a, a bit. Times a year and, and so we just, I feel like even more, you know, we're just paying attention more yeah. and we're, and we just, 
just enjoy being down here. So we're hoping to mm-hmm. just keep building a, a fan base here. Mm-hmm. And, and the more we yeah. come down here, the more we're finding some great little venues. Oh, and yeah. there's yeah. definitely a music scene there's down scene, here. Yeah. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm. And sure. it's easy for us to get to, and we love the mm-hmm. weather. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and listeners, if you never heard it, I actually did do an interview with Glenn Schubert, who is the founder of Instruments of Change. I'll put a link to that episode on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Let me stop for a minute because I've said the name striking matches so many times already and we're still kind of just getting started here. You've probably told the story in more interviews than you care to remember, (laughs) but since this show has gotten listeners from 149 countries around the world, there are people who are just being introduced to you for the first time. So talk about how the name striking matches was chosen. Yeah. Um, Striking matches, we were uh, just... Um, we had just started playing and, and we kind of were using names just to, because people wanted to come see us. And so we had to come up with something and, and it was like, all right, we need, we need a, like our for real name, the one we're going to stick with. And so we just started thinking about what does it feel like when we're up on stage, when we're, when we're kind of doing our thing, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're playing back and forth and kind of dueling each other, just, you know, guitar wise, really, when we're just, when we're jamming and like when Sarah takes a solo and I take one and sometimes we go some places that we never intended to for better or for worse. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, it was, you know, we said striking matches, I think at some point Mm -hmm. through that. And it was, it was like, yeah, that really, that kind of is what it reminds me of because mm-hmm. it it sometimes blossoms and and turns into something crazy and mm-hmm. kind of frenetic and yeah. um that just the more we kind of tried it on for size the more it really started to feel like us and mm-hmm. started to feel right yeah and i mean the whole way we even met each other was a chance matching yeah. together we were both guitar majors at belmont university in nashville and mm-hmm. first couple of weeks of school they make all the freshmen pair up with somebody and get in front of the rest of the class like 100 kids and play something and they pick me and they pick justin and they said two of you do something both and, as freshmen yeah, yeah didn't had never met each other like and just you know justin was like do you know any blues and i just played my slide and and that was how we met so uh, you know everything was just sort of a this sort of like oh wow okay <laughs> you uh, know yeah. it's from from day one one, I think. So. But Justin, the way you started that answer, it sounded to me like we had performed under a couple of whatever, mm-hmm. and then we decided. We so were you, <laughs> were you performing under like Sarah and Justin, or did you have some silly ones that? Yeah, like, we had we just some. Did it for as a lark. Yeah, well, they were. I think they they felt silly to us, especially now. Um, <laughs> there was one that was called Common Thread, and it was just. I don't think we even liked it then. No. <laughs> we were just sort of looking for anything. It was like, all right, we need a name. Mm-hmm. Like they need us to have a name that we can put down. Yeah. And, and we didn't want to have Sarah and Justin. Like I yeah, feel like we, we're either going to need to make up pseudonyms for each other or just, you know, <laughs> come up with a band name. So yep. luckily we came up with striking matches right. not too far yeah. down. It reminds me of when reporters will ask an athlete, why do you wear number 18? Yeah. It's like, because uh, that's yeah. what the equipment yeah. manager yeah. handed me. I, I don't exactly. Know. Like, How'd you come up with Sarah and Justin? Uh, it's our that's first name. Names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, if you're in a band or if maybe you're an artist who performs with different players behind you, hired guns, either way, you have a story of how you chose the name that you perform under. Well, you also have a choice when it comes to the equipment that you use to record. I'm on location today with my Tascam DR44WL which is a handheld recorder that's perfect for a situation like this. I've got two external Tascam TM60 microphones connected to it rather than using the built-in mics. And I'm wearing my Tascam headphones. Mind you, I could have brought my laptop 
and an audio interface, but Tascam has been in business for more than 45 years, so they know what you need and what's going to make your life easier when you're recording, whether it is a podcast or if it's a song idea or if, like Striking Matches, you're performing at a songwriter's festival and want to capture a live recording of your show, demos, EPs, whatever you're recording, check out the many solutions available from Tascam. There's lots to see on their website, two different mixers that they've launched this year. Go to Tascam.com. That's T-A-S-C-A-M.com. Folks, I mentioned back in the intro that Striking Matches put out an EP earlier this year, coincidentally, we are recording this interview exactly six months to the mm-hmm. day from when it came out. Oh, Just wow. talk about that release right now, if you would. Yeah. Um, well, so this first EP was called Morning. Really, the big picture idea here, you know, Justin and I, um, we have a lot of different musical influences, and we really play a lot of different kinds of music. You know, we play blues, we play pop, we play rock, we play a little bit of country. Like, we play all these things, and we kind of had an opportunity to showcase all of that and so the idea is there are three eps they're called morning noon and night so morning noon and night are three parts of a day each ep is going to be a little bit different production wise songwriting style wise and in that way morning noon and night are three different sides in the sense of striking matches so morning came out now we're kind of in the middle of releasing the singles for noon and then night will come out in early 2020 Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the five-song EP that came out in May drill a little deeper into that yeah. into that particular mm-hmm. one. Yeah, that was morning. So that it just it was it was cool to kind of make that the first step. You know, I think there were elements of it that people were definitely familiar with with um, things that we had already recorded, both with songs like Burning Down, but there there were also kind of ones that were leading into maybe what was coming next. Mm-hmm. But there were there were some songs that it maybe was the most personal song that we've written maybe ever to our you know at least from our own perspective and and that was called every word and and so it was just important to kind of have these songs that were speaking to us at the time and just let that be the first instance in mm-hmm. in, in the series and kind of let people know what was coming yeah. um yeah well I had also said at the start of this episode that since the release of that EP, you've put out three singles, Mm -hmm. the latest of which just came out, and we will play it at the end of this episode. But help me understand, what was the timing of all that? Meaning, why not just hold off on releasing the EP and get those three songs as part of the project so you'd be putting out an eight-song release? Why did you do it that way? Are those three singles... Are they going to be on the noon mm-hmm. EP? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, definitely. And the reason for that is because each of the EPs is intended to feel really quite different. Mm-hmm. That was almost, it was really a concept project because we we wanted them to feel very distinct from each other. Um, and so noon, I think, is going to be probably the wildest of the three, <laughs> um, where in morning, I feel like, has, has kind of rootsy, elements and familiar elements maybe mm-hmm. than what people are, are somewhat used to mm-hmm. hearing from us before but noon i just i feel like that's that we were intentionally just letting ourselves just go yeah and oh, and um so that i think that's that's why those three singles needed to feel distinct from from morning mm-hmm. but was it a case of you sat down and came up with this idea let's do three eps that are a series morning noon and night mm-hmm. and you just started writing towards the first one and maybe said, okay, now that that one's done, now let's start thinking about noon, or did you kind of already have the sounds at least of yeah. this one, and and maybe, so you probably still haven't written for night yet, 
Actually, that, actually we we've have. done all yeah. the writing yeah. for night, yeah. so now we just are going to go and record night. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the morning stuff, some of it, actually, one of the songs we had even written a couple of years ago and was so important to us that we wanted to put it on morning, mm-hmm. which is a song called Wake Up Alone. Um, so there were things like that, but we were really just, we were in a period of time where we were writing a lot. And we were writing with a lot of different people. A lot of the people that we write with kind of double as engineers or producers. And so we got the chance to play with a lot of different sounds that meant that a lot of these songs sounded different. So you would mm-hmm. get, one day you'd get a song like Burning Down, the next day you'd get a song like Monster, which you'll hear in a bit. And they're very different. They're, they're different, you know, they're still guitar forward and still is us, but they're just, they've got a different taste to them. And when we decided to do this project, it's kind of like, well, that will fit here and this will fit great over there. Some of that, but then some of it is, okay, we know we need to write a song for noon or we need to write a song for night so it was a little bit of both some of it had just already been just it was a product of us writing so much mm-hmm. in the span of about a year yeah and i think i mean i definitely remember having a pretty distinct idea of which way each one would go mm-hmm. almost wanted to envision them calling it like pop rock americana like mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in thinking of it in distinct ways like that and then us kind of being the sort of the North Star mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. where it was just like there would be us kind of mm-hmm. at the center of it. <laughs> but that has to be kind of fun, though, because, you know, you get set in your genre, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you're saying, no, we're writing this one today, yeah. and you start writing something that you say, gosh, we're drifting back towards yeah. this. Mm-hmm. We really need to write this. And <laughs> you might be on to something good, yeah. and you yeah. say, well, let's finish this song anyways right. <laughs> and put it away for yeah. a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that was completely fine too. It was pretty freeing, and yeah. I feel like that's that was the fun and, and also the challenge of doing a real concept project mm-hmm. and a concept what I feel like is going to eventually be a record where these things can almost exist together on a record, maybe mm-hmm. called Morning, Noon, and Night, and then you you tie them together with maybe musical interludes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a mm-hmm. bit like lofty, mm-hmm. and there's a vision there. But it's also something that I'm not sure we'll ever do again after it. It's just because we'll find something else that maybe feels more like a total complete thing rather than this is like three separate um, different works mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad we're doing this interview in person because over Skype, you wouldn't be able to see the struggle that I'm having with these next two questions. Yeah. So I hope you understand and can see me working and the spirit with which I'm trying to ask right. these. So doing this morning, noon, and night and saying mm-hmm. there are three different sounds mm-hmm. – could it get to a point where at the end of it you say, okay, so who are we? Because we've always had this sound, but now we just did three different ones. And gosh, maybe all of a sudden we're gravitating towards this. So do you understand the way I'm asking that? Yeah. Because it yeah. almost yeah. seems mm-hmm. like you know who you are yeah. and you see what you can do. But all of a sudden you get these three totally different <laughs> releases. And maybe it's a point in Striking Matches career mm-hmm. where you stop the timeline and go, wait a minute. <laughs> like, Let's kind of do a self-audit here and mm-hmm. see like. Okay, which which of those three directions do we want to kind of stick with mm-hmm. long term? Yeah. Is that yeah. am I yeah. onto something? Yeah, I, I think there's always kind of two ways to look at something. There's definitely that where you can be concerned and worried about it. I think we're more excited by the prospect where it's it's like it's honestly I, I we since we know who we are and and just it will always be the two of us and and really the guitar and that kind of thing and just the way our voices kind of play together. If anything, it, it 
we don't ever have to go into these these sonic spaces that we're exploring here ever again. Yeah. <laughs> but it's kind of cool that we've set the precedent that we could mm-hmm. <laughs> if we wanted to. Yeah, and I think what we've actually really found, especially in the releasing of the singles on Noon, which are just, they're very different from a lot of the stuff we've done before. People just coming to us and saying, this is really different, but I love it. That's yeah. what I love mm-hmm. about you guys mm-hmm. is that you can do all these st- things and it still sounds like you. Yeah, and gotcha. so it, it was sort of very revealing for us, I think, to 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 know and and satisfying to know that they still hear us no matter what it is that we're doing it's not like we're over here doing this and then we're over there doing that and you know they're our fans are not concerned they they've been so supportive of of everything and just kind of love what we do no matter what it is. but at the same time sarah there is some element of vulnerability sure. you know where yeah. it's great to get mm-hmm. that affirmation and say yeah. okay you know we were digging it but right. we're sure <laughs> hoping that y'all were going to exactly respond. it's scary it can be you, scary in the beginning you know, never know you never you know never, yeah. you, you always really hope so and you mm-hmm. at least where we are we're we're our, we're artists and so mm-hmm. we, we're gonna do kind of what we need to do but mm-hmm. we we also never consciously do something that we feel like is gonna hurt a fan's perspective yeah, or anything definitely. just because we do care yeah. and um and when a if if we put out something that a fan doesn't like it's always like well we you know that's that's too bad (laughs) we 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 do genuinely hate that you didn't dig it Mm -hmm. um but you know that we had to do it (laughs) so the three singles you said those will be on noon Mm -hmm. so how many more will be on noon just one more so Mm -hmm. noon will be four songs and when will that unless there's five unless there's uh it should be uh december 6th when noon will come out wow okay so here's the other question that I'm vulnerable in yeah. putting out there. So I'm trying to put my music industry business hat on, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to understand why would you release those three songs as singles, mm-hmm. and then the EP is going to come out, and people are going to go, well, we already know what three mm-hmm. of the four or three of the five yeah. songs are. Yeah. So just explain that Yeah, to me, the, business-wise. the way it, it's structured, Noon especially was geared to be mostly living kind of digitally like Mm -hmm. streaming land so putting those out and structuring them that way they each kind of got a a bit of attention that we it's just kind of the nature of the beast when you put out five songs all together maybe there are two or so focus tracks Uh, that people get the chance and they just they just don't make it and so there's you know when they just are as important to you as they are you want to give people a chance to kind of digest them at, at a rate that they, mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. Um, and so putting the three out and then just releasing them as the EP, people can that haven't heard it yet can still just check out the full EP and just in one go. Mm-hmm. But if you've been buying them, then there's really only one more song to it, and then you've mm-hmm. kind of completed it. Mm-hmm. So it was really just half an experiment just yeah. to see, um, because I, I don't know that we'll release it that way again. Maybe, yeah. maybe we will. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of made more sense for Noon because it is so different. And yeah. the sound that it has, it was very much more single-based than yeah. Morning was. Where we, With Morning, we only released two singles, and then we released the rest yeah. of the EP. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like Night will kind of be a similar structure mm-hmm. the way we release it. I think it. so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good answer. Thank you. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I, anyway, anymore, it's like, I don't know yeah. that there's any correct way to do it yeah. you just oh, try and come up with a plan that you like and... mm-hmm. well but i also like how transparent you're being because you're saying look we're not trying to dupe anybody and yeah. say hey yeah, buy our no, new ep like <laughs> if you already have like three yeah. of the songs and yeah. you just need then one more just it. get that single yeah, yeah exactly. exactly thanks for exactly. buying the first three yeah. singles exactly. buy one more yeah. single. Exactly. <laughs> and the way it's structured too it, it if you bought it on itunes like that if you've already got
got the three and you just buy the the EP. I don't know. It completes it. It completes it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is, this one's for all you guitar players out there. It's fundamental, but I know it's happened to all of you at least once. Bring an extra of everything with you when you go perform somewhere. An extra battery, extra guitar strings, an extra cable. You can tell I'm assuming you're playing electric or that your acoustic has a pickup. And yes, obviously, extra picks. It's that old Boy Scout motto, be prepared, because getting in a position where you don't have any one of these things, with the possible exception of a pick, could grind your show to a stop. And then all eyes will be on you for all the wrong reasons. You've heard the home handyman expression, measure twice, cut once. Every time you walk out the door to go to a gig, double check your list and your bag to make sure you have all of what I just said. This is going to sound like common sense until you have that one gig where you break a string and don't have extras with you, and you'll say, Bruce was right in that bonus he gave out. And that's today's Bruce's Bonus. That's really great to know, isn't it? Very helpful, right? Bruce gives out a tip just like that on every episode of this show, and there's an easy way to get all those that he gave out over the first 160 episodes. The ebook series called Bruce's Bonus Book contains four volumes, and they're all available for purchase and immediate download at www.brucesbonusbook.com. Order yours now for helpful tips that you can apply to your career right away. We talked about the EP that came out in May and the three singles you've released since then. But just talk about night then, because December 6th, you're saying for noon. For noon mm-hmm. yep. And so what's kind of the vision? Because you said that they're written, but not recorded. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So what do you envision for the timeline for night? Yeah. Night is going to be a little bit more stripped back a little bit. Some of the songs are, I think, a little bit more. They're not as like that, that summer single kind of song. Some of them are really, really personal songs. Some of them are, you know, just me and Justin and a guitar. Um, we're going to do some of those kinds of things on that EP. Yeah, well, well, I feel noon, it felt like it was very much groove mm-hmm. and feel-based musically mm-hmm. and structurally. Night, it feels like it's going to be far more intimate. Mm-hmm. It's going to be lyrically-based, and just where it's almost like the, the lyrics are the song rather than kind of... I don't know, comparing, I don't know, Talking Heads to Joni Mitchell sure. or something like yeah. that, you know, wow. where you, you feel the two, like with Talking Heads, the lyrics are always so like kind of subjective and ethereal and, mm-hmm. and, and it's just, you're really just kind of listening to the drums the grooves, and the yeah. grooves and, and, and it's still so great. Whereas, you know, there are other songs kind of almost in singer songwriter land where it's, it's really all about the lyric mm-hmm. and that's where I feel like night is going to live. Mm-hmm. It's going to be much more lyrically based mm-hmm. and. And that's kind of what's going to distinguish it and separate it from noon. So let's back up then Mm -hmm. with this whole series. So who had the idea and how did the other one respond to like, yeah, that's that's a cool plan. Like, Mm -hmm. let's do three EPs and kind of have a theme and... Justin had the idea. Well, you say that, but I, I was going to say we're <laughs> we're kind of weird, and maybe it's the way why we function relatively well. I don't know that 
either of us ever has a wholly well, we individual. function relatively well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Relatively I, well. I don't know that we either of us has a wholly just individual idea. It's almost like one has a kind of a concept, and then the other adds to it, and then sure. the other, and then it becomes this idea. So I, yeah, I, I couldn't, so. I couldn't I just take. Remember when you kind of told me the basic idea, and yeah. I just knew, like immediately when you said, I was like, that is exactly what we should do. Yeah. Like there was no, well, what are people going to think? Are they going to be confused? Like, are, what is our team going to think? I was like, no, we should absolutely do that. There's, yeah. you know, um, and like he said a little bit earlier. The idea of it being pop rock Americano was sort of the original kind of title. Mm -hmm. That's how he approached it with me. I was like, that's cool. And then we decided, you know, let's let's have the name be morning, noon and night. So it's not so, you know, things change. You record stuff, things change. And so we didn't we didn't want to put ourselves in a in a box before Mm -hmm. we even Mm -hmm. set out on the project. Mm -hmm. So um, but I just I do remember when you came to me with kind of the basic structure of the idea. And I was like, that's a great idea. So how how fortunate have the two of you been in the career of striking matches in terms of not really, you know, that's a terrible idea. No, <laughs> I can't believe you actually wanted us to do that. I mean, a song idea, a tour idea, uh, and anything. I yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't imagine it's been bliss, you know, from day one to t- and never a single <laughs> objection. But right, I, I, I'm yeah. feeling that it's been mostly. Yeah, I really can't. I mean, we get along. We just, it's sometimes it's like we have the same brain almost. Like we just, we have the same exact goal in mind and we want the same thing. And I think we also both have each other's best interests at heart. And so when we come up with an idea or you have an idea, you're thinking of the other. And so I don't think we've Mm. ever really run into a situation where it's like, I want to do this. Well, I don't want to do that. It's sort of like, you want to do that? Cool. I, I can be down with that. Let's do it. Yeah, let's find a way it's, to make it work yeah. for us both. <laughs> it's all it, it sounds weird because I it just it doesn't seem like it ought to work that way. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we we get in you know kind of the band arguments sure. that happen over the twelve years that we've known each other. But it's always just the. I, the way that we do it, I feel like, is different because it's always coming from like a way of of respect. I it just I mm-hmm. I respect Sarah as a musician and just her her insight that I, it's never kind of in, in that I'm questioning that. It's almost yeah. just like um, just out of, usually out of a frustration of like what else is going on or something. Yeah, sure. And Sarah, I love that you said. And listeners, if you're up and comer, if if you're in a band situation. There's a great teaching moment here because I mm-hmm. love that you said, I think of it more in the sense of I'm thinking of Justin mm-hmm. and this idea I have, okay, I have an idea, but how is it going to play in with the two of us mm-hmm. as striking yeah. matches and not yep. just this is my idea and I right. think it's cool. Yeah, definitely. I think there's also something to be said for the fact that you're an even number, I'm holding up air quotes, listeners, you're an <laughs> even number band. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a, a band that has three people or five right. people or seven, someone's yeah. not going to be able to break the tie. Totally. Yep. So yeah. <laughs> the two of you have to have some sort of conflict resolution that you've agreed to so that you know, you know, who gets the second vote. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I don't, it's such an interesting thing to like sit back and think about because we just figure it out i guess i yeah. don't know I, I yeah i think part of it the reason half the reason we became a duo i feel like is because neither of us really wanted the spotlight 
individually. Yeah, no egos here. So <laughs> I feel like that's how we became artists is because we could share the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm equally as pumped up when Sarah kind of gets up and plays a solo and mm-hmm. people lose it and they go wild. I'm just like, yes, that I, <laughs> I agree. That was awesome, wasn't it? And um, and so I, I, it helps us out. I feel when we're coming up with decisions and having to make, you know, black or white decisions. Mm-hmm. Are we going this way or this way? Because yeah. you usually were not so fixated on trying to be right, but more trying to figure out what is right together. Well, you're being very kind to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice and try one more, one more question. That's a little, it's not that challenging. It's just, again, trying to understand. I mentioned back in the intro about all the performing that you've done in Europe this Mm -hmm. year. And I'm curious though, in June, you did one show in London and then went back a month later to do two more shows in the UK. Obviously it must've made financial sense, but I can't help but wonder why you would go all that way to do one show only to turn around and fly back there a month later for two more. So walk us through that. So we did, this was actually last summer. So that, Mm -hmm. not this past summer, but the summer before that. Mm -hmm. And it was actually, we went over for some festivals. Mm -hmm. Um, So we did a couple of headlining shows within these festivals. So the festivals happened in, I think, June, July. And then we did a tour, a support tour. So we were support act on a tour Mm -hmm. in September. So that's why it made the most sense because there were these two festivals that were happening. So within that, we just built in our own show so we did a show in london uh i can't remember where the festival was i can't remember which one was which there was yeah, one the black deer festival yeah. and then the long that road festival first, yeah, yeah um, and it was it was like the way it was structured it was really frustrating i remember then because they were so close to each other but yeah. they were just far enough away that mm-hmm. it was yeah, it just not stay yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> i think we had some shows in the u.s in yeah. the middle mm-hmm. so that's i think the main reason that we came back because we right. would we would have just stayed over there and yeah. gone and had a holiday or something yeah, sure. yeah and, and as you say mm-hmm. it was you know there was the financial aspect where it was like it luckily made sense yeah. but we could have saved a whole lot more sure, than by not <laughs> having to yeah, yeah. come back um, and go back yeah but we just you know we did those festivals but we just love going over there and our fans over there are so amazing so we wanted to make sure that we put in a couple of shows of our own in nice. there as well nice. so, yeah. i'm joined today on location in st petersburg florida by blues pop duo striking matches singer songwriter guitar and mandolin player sarah zimmerman and singer songwriter guitar player justin davis visit their official website at strikingmatches.com and from there use the links to engage with them on social media facebook twitter youtube and instagram Their music is pretty much everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, even Pandora. Mid-Atlantic and Northeast U.S., they are coming your way in early December. The 5th, they are in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The 6th in Brooklyn. The 7th in Philadelphia. And the 8th in Washington, D.C. Check their website for details on locations and times, etc. Again, strikingmatches.com will have all that information for you as well as their social media. Another online destination you should check is the Patreon for this show. Striking Matches is busy writing, recording, and touring, and I am very active every week putting out my new release, which is a different episode of this show for more than five and a half years now. If you're enjoying this interview, if you've been digging lots and lots of episodes of NHTE, if you get education from the conversations on this show, if you just flat out like the entertainment aspect, do take a look at pledging your support. Go to nhte.net and click on the orange support us on Patreon button. That will also tell me that you do find value in this show. And of course, it will help me with some of the costs related to creating a new episode every week. I would greatly appreciate it. Again, go to the show website, nhte.net and click on the orange support us on Patreon button. And then once you land over there, you can decide what amount you're most comfortable contributing. 
Let's do a look back and a look ahead. Mm -hmm. Now, I look at striking matches, in my opinion, as having arrived. Like, mm -hmm. As in, I don't mind saying that I didn't think that the request for an interview was going to be a yes, not <laughs> to mention like even get responded to. So while I'm sure that you would say that there's always more work to be done, I think you both recognize the level of success that you are having. Is there one something you can point to that was a key turning point that really elevated striking matches? And if so, what was that? Yeah. I think for me, at least, it was having our songs on TV. Um, I think that was all of a sudden it was like, wow, people. And not not only that, but so we our first kind of foray into all of that was having songs on the TV show Nashville um, and having that. But then going over for the first time to the UK and playing that first song that was on the show and the audience mm. already knew the words. Wow. Um, that to me was just like, wow, that's cool. Um, but then we've had a couple of other. We had a song not too long ago on Grey's Anatomy, which was a show that I watched as a kid all the time with my friends. <laughs> and, you know, so hearing that coming out of the speakers on the TV for me, I think that kind of stuff was sort of, um, really, really special and sort of like, Oh, we're doing it. <laughs> Even though we hey, had, Justin, had, I think we're doing something right. Yeah. We had had successes and done amazing tours and things before that. But I think that for me was like, well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always so relative, isn't it? Yeah. Because maybe it's just the nature of being an artist or being just competitive. I don't know. You always feel hungry mm -hmm. and you feel like, you know, nothing's ever quite good enough. The the victories are always really sweet for a second, and then yeah. you're just ready to get on with it. <laughs> but it is cool. It's very and important. I feel to to you know for people listening to to take stock of when you do something cool that feels cool to you to really enjoy it and savor it. Because um, I mean, I remember the the first time we played the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville, it was like here we go, and then it was like the first time that we played the Grand Ole Opry, and it was like wow. here we go, wow. and my, my parents came, and, and they were all there, and it was so special, and then the first time we sold out a show overseas, and not even in our country, in, mm. in, in England, it was like here we go, <laughs> and, and, and still though, it's just like you want to keep going and keep just you know, building and, and outdoing what you've done, but yeah, we're very lucky and very thankful that we get to do what we do. I'm, I'm picturing the two of you on that plane ride over to the UK, looking at each other like, "Is this yeah. crazy?" Yeah, or we, what? Do, we still do that. We, we still, do. We, we just got back. Yeah, fifteen times yeah. I think over yeah. there, and we still look at each other when we go, and we're just like, "This is real." <laughs> How'd this happen? Yeah. <laughs> where, where are we going? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, so looking ahead, though, the bar has been set at a pretty good height. So I'm tempted to ask the standard, what's next for striking <laughs> matches? But I'm I'm more coming at that from the perspective of goal setting. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you kind of have your sights set on in terms of what the next level looks like for striking yeah. matches? <laughs> we really, I mean, for me anyway, but I think some of it for you too. I mean, we, we want to get this morning, noon, and night project out. You know, we want people to, to listen to it and love it and enjoy it as much as we enjoy making it. And then move on to the next thing, you know, move on to the next project. I think we'd love to make another live record. Oh, yeah. We'd love to headline at the Ryman, you know, the in Nashville. Like, there, mm -hmm. there are kind of benchmarks like that that we really want to be able to hit within the next five years, three yeah. to five years. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's that. And, mm -hmm. and I always feel like it looking ahead and what you want to do just building out something that's interesting something that would make for a, an amazing show um you know, when you've kind of set this precedent sonically or um like where do you go next yeah. and so you kind of already have ideas and so part of the goal for what's next is just realizing those ideas yeah. you know, hopefully doing it well 
Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned the Ryman because I think that's kind of what I had in mind is mm-hmm. that maybe artists get to a point where they say, okay, well, what can we look at where we can decide what is the next level? And my mind always goes to venues yeah. mm-hmm. and deciding, yeah. well, where are we playing now and what would be considered the next step up mm-hmm. in there? Yeah. So it's cool that you mentioned something like <laughs> the Ryman. And, and you said the Ryman. You didn't say the Bridgestone Arena in right. Nashville, which yeah. is, you know, 16,000 people. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you know, yeah, someday we yeah. definitely want to be sure, there, yeah. but yeah. let's mm-hmm. be realistic and, and say, how are we going to get to Bridgestone mm-hmm. Arena? Well, let's play the Ryman right. next. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Plus how special. I mean, that would just be yeah. just so special. So that's that's what we've got our sights mm-hmm. on. <laughs> are the two of you from Nashville originally? No, I'm from outside of Philadelphia. No, and I'm from, I'm from Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, both of us had a pretty deep, tie to nashville both my my grandparents used to go there when they were uh in their 20s and mm-hmm. and would go to the opry even too and <laughs> and so and and all of that where and my mom actually i was she tells me all the time how she was actually pregnant with me while she was on a business trip in nashville wow. and it was like you've been coming here since <laughs> is that kind of it's like yeah i know i know mom yeah that's right I remember um, that <laughs> but um we've yeah we've lived there about 12 years though so we've seen mm-hmm. it change a whole lot yeah, yeah. and it's yeah, it's more sure. home than home now it's yeah. wild <laughs> Listeners, I was talking to my best friend the other day. He unfortunately lives on the opposite side of the country from me, but he's always asking me when we're going to put the work aside for a long weekend and meet up somewhere, and invariably he'll always say Las Vegas. (laughs) It's probably the location that comes up in a lot of discussions between friends. When you're talking about heading there, make sure you're reading the Access Vegas e-newsletter. That's my go-to source for insider tips so that I maximize my time there and so that I save while I'm there. You'll see that it can be a full-time thing trying to keep up with all the goings-on in Vegas and the changes that are constantly being made. When I was there last month, I saw a new footbridge being constructed for an additional spot to cross over the Strip. Anyhow, go to the show website, nhte.net, and click on the Access Vegas logo, and then use the code BRUCE to get $5 off. It's an email that you'll actually want to see in your inbox, and it'll help make your trip there so much more satisfactory. Don't forget that you can even get access to their archives too. So just when you think you caught up on the latest issue, you can go back and see all the tips they gave out in the prior editions. Again, go to nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and don't forget to put in the code BRUCE when you're signing up for their newsletter so that you get $5 off. Uh, Those of us in the music industry know that in Nashville, you don't look to make all kinds of money performing live there. Striking Matches is on the road so so much but when you are back home in nashville do you perform at all even if it's just at a writer's night or is it no we just live and write and record there we play in nashville uh, a couple times a year usually i mean we do we do the opry relatively often a couple of times a or you know probably every two months or something mm-hmm. we get to do the opry uh we get to do the bluebird cafe a few times a year which is always incredible and we'll then you know we'll do at least one if not two of our own headlining shows in nashville because as much as it, as it is music city and it's home it is a tour stop you know it's yeah. people are fans of music too that buy tickets and uh just because nashville doesn't mean that people you know don't go to shows obviously so we kind of just build it into our regular touring schedule yeah and i but also nashville gets to be special just because it it is what it is and people live there so it's it's likely we'll go sit in on somebody's Mm -hmm. set you know somebody doing a show there or whatever will pop in and and you know can play on a song or or can play guitar or whatever and and that that sort of thing just kind of happens because you know if people are in town then then they'll call you up and be Mm -hmm. like hey would you come 
sing this with me I'm at, at my show or whatever. And of course, you know, if we're, if we're there and it kind of goes both ways too. Like, so that usually Nashville, it just tends to be, it's about, it's a little bit like LA or New York or something like that where pe- people are just around, you know, mm-hmm. so you can kind of get those very special moments that happen when people come out for a guest spot and there's like three or four of them. Yeah. Know. You can almost always plan mm-hmm. on there being some kind of special moment when you go yeah. to a show. <laughs> but if you back up to a few minutes ago, when we were talking about sitting on that plane, looking at each other saying, Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, we're going over to Europe. How cool is it, Sarah, that you just said, you know, but, you know, we'll play at the Bluebird. We'll play at the Opry. We just make sure that we get those on our kind of tour calendar. Mm-hmm. I mean, how mm-hmm. cool is it that, you know, there's people out there that are going, heck, I'd like to just go to the open mic at the Bluebird. Yeah. And here they are a yeah. couple times a year being able to go there, being able to go to the Opry. Yeah. But I also like that you did point out, mm-hmm. like, it's actually considered a tour stop for mm-hmm. you. Yeah even though you live there. Yeah. yeah, sure. I mean, we still, when we do the Opry, we've done the Opry over 60 times, I think, and we still pinch ourselves mm. when we do it. It's just, you know, it's it's one of the greatest honors in, in all of music, I think. And the Bluebird as well, it's just like, you know, our heroes have and still do play there. We've we've been in rounds with our some of our heroes before. Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those magical, magical rooms. And uh, it's just an honor to get to do it. I'm, so. I'm going to put you on the spot. Yeah. Such as? Uh, we did um, one. Yeah. We did one. I, I gotta jump yeah, in because this was, <laughs> was it was well it was just it was so special for me and I know for you too but um I think just because he's been such a hero of mine for so long and so influential as a singer and a songwriter and a guitar player just as a musician um we were actually in a round with Vince Gill mm. and it, so it was it was a really cool structured round where it was it was Vince and then it was us and then it was Richie um Richie Fure from um he was in Poco but also S- Buffalo Springfield mm-hmm. and so they just structured it it was like what are we doing yeah, here um <laughs> and it was just so neat getting, but you knew that in advance yes, going yes, there yes, that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah okay. we knew it <laughs> had all the time in the world to be nervous so you know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, it and it, it's, it just sticks out as just one of the most special moments in my life. And Vince couldn't be more just cool and unassuming. And I just I can't be around him because I get <laughs> I get too nervous and and just he starts you know, fangirling when, when, as they yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and when he sees us, you know, we see him. You know, probably every other month or something. Usually at the Opry or or wherever, yeah. just around town. And he's just, he's always so kind and just, you know, mm. says hello. And I'm still just like, Amazing. I just can't, can't be cool Amazing. around you, man. I can be cool around so many people and not have any problem. It's just something about him. I just yeah. revere him so much. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, you left out the part of what happened at the round. Well, he, so he was, um, he was singing just him and acoustic. He was just singing, um, whenever you come around, which is just, you know, I've always loved that song. He was explaining it, which always makes it more impactful. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to, you know, he's done chorus two and, and up comes the solo and he just kind of looks up and I'm, you know, just on the verge of tears because it's just so special to me. Yeah, he, and, he, and, he, and he looks up at me and he just goes, take one. <laughs> and, you know, basically meaning 
take the solo yeah. you know yeah. just grab it and i'm like i don't even know what key we're in i don't know what planet i'm on and but i just you know you just you just launch in and you do it and i just remember when i got done when i played the solo he just kind of looked up and gave me this like kind of so nod of and approval. i was gonna say sarah how did he do but there you go he vince great. told you he himself hey, well, well sarah took one too so i mean oh, it was just yeah. he gave us both the the yeah. nod wow. of approval wow. and smiled and it just it made my heart you know explode mm. So. <laughs> well, and that tells you there. I mean, right there alone, that tells you what kind of guy he is. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he doesn't have to do that. He does. He's Vince yeah. Gill, and yeah, to say yeah. go ahead. And it's like, yep. right. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, I, he's <laughs> like, you know, he just wanted to see what I would play, and yeah. you know, it was just it was so special. Mm. Yeah. Did you do your own thing, or you did the solo that's on the record? No, I I did did my own thing. It was you know I just tried to you know kind of evoke him a little bit because he's always just beautifully melodic mm-hmm. in the way he plays he can always play anything he wants i always feel but he always just plays what he feels like mm-hmm. and um you know he just he doesn't he's not a show-off type of player yeah. he'll just give you a little taste of it just to be like oh yeah he can he can yeah. do it yeah. <laughs> he can fly if he wants to but he wow. just he just wow. you know Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to close today with another song from Striking Matches, the newest single, which is called Monster, which is released the last week of October. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this song, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Monster is a new single. It's kind of, we we kind of went in with it knowing we kind of wanted to write sort of an 80s Stranger Things kind of, those kinds of sounds. Um, but the song is, it's really just one of, it's a love song and really talking about sort of the should we, should we not, will we, won't we, am I going to get into some trouble if I get with you kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has my favorite guitar solo we've ever done on any of our oh, songs, yeah. I think, pretty much. It's just this like crazy epic. I don't even know if 80s slide is a thing, but it is now. <laughs> it is now. Uh, yeah, I think that was that was the vibe. This yeah. is a part of the Noon EP mm-hmm. where we were just like, just hang on. We're, we're going to going to take you some places mm-hmm. that is different for us and so we were kind of falling in love with some of the 80s sounds mm-hmm. and like sarah was saying it needed to feel like it jumped off the screen yeah. out of a show like stranger mm-hmm. things or thriller or just some of that yeah. great just sort of 80s pop mm-hmm. sounds and it was really fun it was really different for us for what we yeah. do and what we've done but it was an absolute blast mm-hmm. to just kind of record and and slip into that yeah, for a little bit so fun. <laughs> awesome awesome well i'm glad we're gonna get a chance to play the whole thing for the listeners and especially without me talking over it but <laughs> folks thank you this was wonderful really thank appreciate you. it great yeah, to meet you both yeah you too, too. <laughs> thank you so much Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to Sarah Zimmerman and Justin Davis. They are Striking Matches. Do visit their official website, strikingmatches.com, and then engage with them on social media. That means like their Facebook page, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, subscribe to their YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell them you heard them and their music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Remember that their music is widely available. Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Amazon Music. Support Sarah and Justin and purchase downloads of their music from one of those online retailers. Or, of course, support them at the merch table at their live shows. For those of you in the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast, remember that Striking Matches will be in your area in December. The 5th in Massachusetts, the 6th in Brooklyn, the 7th in Philly, and the 8th in Washington, D.C., Keep up with striking matches online as more dates get added. And for news about the release of all of the new music that you've been hearing them talking about, they would love your support. I would love your support of this show via Patreon. I'm optimistic that you find value in what I do and that you're getting a lot out of this show every week. 
So just like I always encourage you to help out the guests by buying their music, I'm asking you for some assistance as well. Whatever you can afford, whatever amount you feel comfortable contributing at, go to the show website, nhte.net, click on the orange support us on Patreon button, and then show your support through there. I do sincerely appreciate it. That will do it for this week's show. We'll send you out with another song from Striking Matches. This is the one they just talked about. It's called Monster. I created a monster. Somebody I can't control. Made a connection. Hit my heart with a million volts. Summon a demon. When I said we can't just be friends. But I let you kiss me again, again. We blow our minds. I'm bad for you, bad for you. And I won't do Every time I'm with you I'm feeling that feeling that Don't you close your eyes Now you're sleeping in my room So much for too soon I'll be lying if I say that Time I'm with you I'm feeling that feeling that don't